I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Janika White. Janika and I connected on an online forum, and she shared a bit with me about the story behind her first deal. I was about three sentences into her message when I knew I had to have her on the podcast. It's an incredible story of creative thinking, connecting with the right people, and persisting through challenging circumstances. Janika is actually right in the middle of her first project at the time of this episode. She shares extremely poignant advice because she's no more than a few months removed from all the learnings that she's gathering as she goes. I was so encouraged and motivated by Janika's positivity and optimism, even in the face of some overwhelming obstacles. We can all learn something from this young investor with an extremely bright future ahead of her. I hope that in this interview, you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. And now, here's my conversation with Janika. All right, guys. Um, today, I have Janika White with me. How are you doing today, Janika? Hello, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so um, thankful that you took the time. We're we're really happy to have you here. Um, So I'll jump right in uh, with the first question uh, with uh, how long have you been in the real estate world uh, and what drew you to it? Like what got you started in it? Okay. Um, Well, how long? It has not been a full year yet. Oh, Um, nice. I would say, yeah, I'm pretty new. I would say that I actually jumped in and actually started with my first deal, which we'll get to that, let's say, October of 2018. But starting around mm, August of 2018, that's when I kind of started researching, reading books, listening to podcasts, learning the lingo, you know, digging deep in and listening to podcasts and asking friends and going to meetups and never just took the deal, did a deal, Mm -hmm, but just learning mm -hmm. about real estate. And that was in August. So it still hasn't been a year since I've started learning about real estate. And it hasn't been a year yet since I've done my first deal. Okay. I'm still a newbie. Awesome. I love talking to newbies, man. I, I've I've been um, learning for a couple of years now, but in so many ways, I still feel like a newbie. So I love that. Um, yeah. The what what got you like what drew you into real estate? Why real estate? Why did you even start listening to the podcast and go into the meetups? Okay. So I'm a single mom and about last summer, I'm in my career. Doesn't I don't make bad money in my career. I can't mm-hmm. say that, but I don't make great money either. And so I just start asking my friends, close friends, like, I'm looking for a second income. I'm looking for a second stream of income. Do you guys have any ideas? At that time, I wasn't thinking real estate. And actually, as dumb as this may sound, I didn't even know the real estate world existed. No, yeah, that's not dumb at all. Yeah, it it was. I mean, you know about landlords, and then you know about. Yeah, it's like you own a home, and then maybe you sell your house and you buy another house and live in that house. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but the whole actual world of real estate and how you can Mm -hmm. profit and all that, I didn't even know that existed. So I'm just asking friends, thinking of like a second job or, you know, something that they do on the side. Like one of my friends suggested Mary Kay. So I'm just asking my friends, like, what can I do for extra income? Or what can I do from extra income? I asked maybe about 10 of my friends. They all didn't really go anywhere. 
and then I asked one of my friends from college, uh, Christian Montalvo, hey, I need a section in, an extra income, sorry, and she said, well, just do what I do, and I was like, okay, well, well what is that exactly, <laughs> and she says, well, I have rent houses, and I've been doing it for about two years now, and we have like this many doors, and it's going great, and it's it's hard work, but if you're serious, you should do what I do. You can make some really good extra income. And I said, hmm. So I didn't really listen to her. And then we end up meeting up again. And then I asked that same question again to her. And she was like, I told you, just do what I do. And so <laughs> I said, okay, well, where can I start? And so another friend of ours has a podcast, a real estate podcast. And she's like, well, just start with the Jacobs podcast. So I started listening to his podcast, which led to more podcasts, which led to me reading books. And then that's kind of when they call it getting bit by the real estate bug. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I kind of went down that rabbit hole of listening to all these podcasts, kind of learning the whole field. And I was like, wow, not only is there a lot of money, you know, there, but this could potentially help me get to financial freedom. And I don't right. have to work my W-2 job forever for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And so, because a lot of people think, you know, you get your W-2 job, you get your house, you get your dream house, you get your dream car, yep. and then you have kids and then you're done. And it's so much more to that. So my eyes were open to that about last summer. And I said, hmm. I can, I can probably do this. I can probably try this. And so to answer your main question, what made me get into it was I was looking for an extra stream of income. Um, and I was, after asking all of my friends, this was the only feasible one that came about that, hmm, maybe I, maybe I can actually do this. Yeah. Let me learn about it. So awesome. That's, that's what got me reading uh, and researching. <laughs> that's great. Um, so you start, you start kind of, uh, digesting everything you can. You're, um, I, I'm guessing you probably joined, joined your local, uh, real estate association yes. or started going to meetups. Okay, cool. So you started kind of getting in that world, meeting those people, talking to people. Um, and then, uh, what led you to kind of what the topic that we're going to talk about today to that first deal, let's talk about before you actually did it, how'd you get to it? Were you, were you marketing? Were you just talking to people saying, here's the kind of deal I'm looking to do? Did you stumble into it on accident? How'd you get to that point? Okay. So I read maybe about, definitely no exaggeration, maybe about 10 real estate books in the course of like six weeks. Like I just <laughs> was going deep in. And one of the common, and listening to podcasts every day, to and from work, to and from work, to and from work. And the biggest common denominator that I was hearing from these and reading was, you know, so many people get stuck in their analysis paralysis where you just never mm -hmm. do the deal. You just keep reading and reading and reading and researching and researching, but you never actually do it. And so I'm just like, okay, I think I know enough. So I think I know enough. To think it's time to do it. It's time to go. And so, again, being a single mom, I didn't have as, as much capital as like sure. my counterparts. So I was like, okay. And then I had read a book and it said, you know, just think outside the box. There's a million ways to do real estate. You don't have to just have all the money in the world right. to start. And so I just started thinking outside the box, thinking outside the box. And I was basically hyping myself up, like, do it, Janika, just do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> and so I stumbled across the house in my hometown. Um, it had been sitting vacant for four years. And I knew the house was there. A family member owned it, but they weren't doing anything with it. It was just sitting there. And so it was in the back of my mind, and I was like, well, maybe I can just call him and buy it from him, you know. But then at that point, I'm thinking, well, I'm a single mom. Like, what if he wants thousands and thousands of dollars for this vacant house, you right. know? And then <laughs> I had read a book, and it said, just ask. The worst you can get is a no, you know? Right, right. So I called the family member up, and I said, hey, 
you know, that vacant house that's sitting there, what are you doing with it? And he was like, nothing. It's actually probably about to get lost <laughs> to auction. <laughs> and oh, I said, wow. yeah. And I said, well, can I have it? Didn't offer any money. Cause one, I didn't really <laughs> have that much money to give Brandon. <laughs> and so I said, can I have it? And he said, sure. And I said, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I, that was my jump in. And I just thought, you know, what the heck? I just got a free three bedroom, two bath, single wow. family home. Um, all I had to do was go down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is four hour drive from Dallas where I am. So okay. I called Christian Mon- Christian, my friend who kind of got me in the rabbit hole. And I'm like, Christian, what the heck? Yeah, you, you got me started what? on it. Help me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm freaking out. And I'm like, Christian, what should I do? What? Ah. She's like, calm down, Janika. If someone <laughs> handed me a whole single family house and they said the only thing you have to do is get on the road, come down here and sign for it. Girl, because I was like, I can't take off work. I'm a single mom. Da, da, da. She was like, if someone handed me a free house, yeah, <laughs> I would take off work for that. And I was yeah. like, okay, you're right. And so, was it delinquent I, in uh, any way? Were there back? Were there liens or back oh, payments? Oh, it, it, that's what we're gonna get to, Brandon. It okay, was, all right, it all right. Came all right. with a lot of mess. Okay. <laughs> and so I have learned a lot in this not yeah. even year yet. Okay. And so I said, okay. So I get off work. I go to um, Oklahoma. And um, in Oklahoma, you can't just give a house away. I mean, all the rules are different per state. Um, So it has to be a monetary amount for the home legally. Okay. Um, And so we put a dollar. I gave them a dollar. So (laughs) so I I bought a single family home, three bedroom, two bath house uh, for a dollar, Brandon. So at this point, when it first happened, and this was like early October, I'm like on cloud nine. I'm like, whoa, I got a free house for a dollar. Yeah. And so I get the house. I, I look at it. It's it's in pretty bad shape, Brandon. Not gonna lie, sure, it is. Sure. the foundations are still there, but it was in bad shape. But I was like, hey, at that point, I had a really good credit score. I hadn't bought my own home yet, so you know, I knew that I could get a loan and get started. So that's was it in I a pretty in. bad area as well? Did it fit kind of with the area and in, in being bad shape? So it's not in the worst part of that town. Okay. Definitely okay. not. Um, it's by one of the best, one of the best high schools in that town. Oh, but the cool. neighborhood is not A one either. So okay. it's kind of okay. like a, mm, I don't know if I had to grade it, low B, okay, high okay. C area. Um, and so yeah, that's how I got jumped in and did it. Just thinking outside the box, like, because I was thinking, like, can I afford to, you know, buy a single family home? Can I afford this? Should I? I haven't bought my own home yet. Should I use my first homeowner, right. you know, loan to go towards an investment property? Like, I was just freaking out. And so after reading that book about making you think outside the box, that's how I stumbled across. Well, wait a minute, there's that house that's been sitting there hmm. for years and they're not doing anything. And I asked. And he was actually about to lose it to auction in three days, Brandon. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I asked right at the, the right time. Wow, that's amazing. So were you actively, <clears throat> excuse me, were you actively looking for, a de- where, like, were you doing any marketing and then you just thought of this? Or was it still pre you actually doing your marketing that you thought of this? I w- I was doing deals. I was analyzing them because, you know, when you, you know, okay. whenever you're listening to podcasts and reading books, they say, go analyze deals. Even if you never make offers, right. you need to learn on what you're looking at. So I was actually analyzing deals. I joined uh, Bigger Pockets and I actually uh, paid for the membership. And with that membership, you can just, you can analyze as many deals as you want. 
as part right. of your membership. So whenever I, I had a realtor, she would send me deals. And, but this was in the Dallas area where I am. So she would send me deals and I would just take those deals and I would put them into the analyzer. I would get the insurance, yeah. how much your insurance would be and actually analyze them. And got, so I was in that process of getting comfortable analyzing okay. the deal to see if it was a good deal or not. So, but I hadn't made any offers yet. So okay, um, that's kind of where I was, but why still reading, still researching and still thinking outside the box while getting ready to get comfortable to make an offer. Right, right. That's kind of where I was when I stumbled across the house. Okay, was, uh, so awesome. you're you you get this incredible opportunity. You're like, all right, I'll, I'll take off work. I'll go down and sign for it. So you're you're down there, um, you, and then you start really sinking your teeth in and say, okay, I got this house. What do you as you start poking around? What do you find? Give me the details of the property <laughs> and, and what was going on with it. Okay, so I'm poking around. I'm seeing what I find. It's not in the best condition. I see that. I had someone come out and look at the house, and they said that someone had come in the house, and I guess uh, I may say this incorrectly, but like stripped the metal off the electric. So basically, to get the electric back up and running. Oh, they yeah, I've heard that that could happen. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what that's called exactly, but they come is in there it, and they Is it like the when they take, the, they take the copper like to sell it? Yes. That okay. part. They took the yeah. copper pieces to sell it. So that yeah. had happened. And and uh, the plumbing, since the plumbing had been off for so long, they were like, I don't know what it looks like under there, but since yeah. the house has been vacant for a while, we may have to redo plumbing. Was this a so contractor, a whole... like a general contractor that came in? Yes. Okay. okay. I had a lady, and she was a lady. I had her come in and look. And so she kind of said this. She said, so based off of what you want to do, so sorry, you can either... I can, you can start doing this, get some money to get in there and see, of course, once you get in there, it's going to be more stuff that I'm going to find more stuff mm-hmm. where you can sell it. And so I said, well, heck, this let's use this free house. And my, my first plan was let's use this free house. I'm going to sell it. And whatever, even if I don't get a lot for it, that would be my jump start into real estate sure. investing. So that my first plan was, okay, I'm going to sell the house. I'm just going to sell it. I'm going to put it on the market. I got with a realtor in Tulsa. She she uh, posted it, and I got all these offers, selling it as is. That was what it was. Um, I ended up getting an offer for $13,000, right? Okay. So I'm 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 pretty excited. I got it for a dollar. I'm about to yeah. sell it for thirteen. Um, I'm pretty excited. So I was going to use that as capital to get you know jumpstart the real estate investing. So we're doing the title search. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're doing the title search and come to find out there is a lien on it from 2002. Mind you, this was 2018 oh boy. at the time. Oh boy. There was a lien from 2002 over 10 years ago. Um, the person that owned it then, which was long, long ago, had filed a bankruptcy and did not disclose that they owned a portion of the uh. house. Okay. Hopefully I said that correctly. Okay. So long story short, I actually hired a real estate invest lawyer, a real estate lawyer. Okay. And I found him. Um, I went on bigger pockets and I found an, a lawyer that was near the home. Cause mind you, the house home is in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I'm in Dallas, Texas. So right. Right. Finding a Texas lawyer wouldn't have been as beneficial as finding an Oklahoma lawyer. So mm-hmm. I found an Oklahoma lawyer who had really good ratings and he was, um, uh, actually specialized in real estate, which is, which I've heard from previous podcasts that you want to get a real estate lawyer, not like a, you know, sure, yep. lawyer or civil, you know, lawyer. So he knew what he was doing. He dig deep for me. He got me all this information. He's very, very great. And come to find out that if I were to sell that home, 
11000 of oh. whatever I sell it for <laughs> would go towards that bankruptcy, Brandon. Oh, dear. Mind you, I was only getting 13 Right. So I'm like, okay, well, plan A out the window, definitely not going to sell it because, you know, I'd have to pay the, you know, the real, the realtor fees mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. that 12 to the loan and everything. So it was just too much. And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep the home and uh, work with my real estate lawyer. And he said that he could probably get it expunged off, but in, that would take months or whatever. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to renovate it and get people in there and get it going. So that's what I did. I found a contractor, Tulsa contractor. Uh, had her quote me some some numbers. Uh, I was trying to find a loan. I kept getting turned away. This was uh, all from Dallas, right? You were in Dallas from managing this. Dallas, okay. Yes, right. it was. It has been a it has been a roller coaster to say mm-hmm. the least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got them in there. I got a loan based off of the number that she quoted me. Uh, I got turned away a lot because my loan amount that I needed was less than what. A lot of companies, like a lot of companies have minimums. Like if they, you tell them, hey, I have a oh. house I want to renovate it. And they say, oh, well, we have a $75,000 limit, a minimum. Or we have okay. a $65,000 minimum. And I didn't need that much. And so I kept getting it turned away from the, the, the companies that actually specialize in real estate renovate, in renovation. So I just had to take another route, end up getting a loan, uh, getting it fixed. It was a long process. So before we before we move past that, tell me a little bit more about the loan because I think this is a place where a lot of people get um, hung up. Now, people don't always get a house for one dollar, uh, but they can get maybe they find a really good deal. They're like, "Great, I really found it. I dug in and I <clears throat> and I got my first deal." Now, how do I get it paid for? Um, sounds like you just kind of started asking around. What were you asking for? What terms were you asking for? Because um, we're in a my wife and I are in a similar position. We don't have much capital up front, and it's. Uh, no matter where you go, it seems like for financing, they're wanting something. They only loan uh, a certain amount of the fa- of the value of the property, or they they don't um, loan on the rehab costs. So, how did you? If you didn't have much to work with, what did you start asking for? I, I went in and just being completely honest, I was like, I have this house that's vacant that has been vacant for four plus okay. years. I'm not sure how many years, but it's not in great condition at all. Uh, so, a lot of banks were like, well, you know. They didn't want that as collateral. I got turned away a lot. Okay. Um, and I just kept going to the next bank, to the next bank, to the next bank. And I just, and when I went to the people who uh, specialize in giving loans for real estate, they most of them had minimums. So I didn't even get past the minimum to even see if there were other hurdles that I had to jump over. So I got turned away mm. there. Um, one, the home was in Oklahoma and I'm a resident of Texas. So a lot of places turned me away there. Okay, um, yeah. One thing I do re- regret, or I won't say regret, but in hindsight probably should have done better uh, was research the loan process better. Because okay. After I got my loan, I saw that I could have went a million other routes. So you're asking like, well, how did it go? I, I just kept calling the next bank, okay. calling the next bank. I called so many that, and I got turned away for different reasons. Um, that once I just went with a credit union, I just called a credit union that I, I'm actually a member of that's in Oklahoma and I have a good history with them. They see my credit score. So they know I had mm. a really good credit score at the time. I had, a, I think a, it was over 800. And so okay. they just went, they did it out of like faith in me since I've been a customer with them for so long. 
um, they could see my credit score. It's kind of one of those banks where they always, you know, update you on your credit score. So they mm-hmm. knew that I had good history with them. I had never been late with them. I had bought a car. I actually, I had bought two cars through them over the years, was never late on any of those payments. So after being turned away with all these other routes, Everybody was turning me away saying the house was in back in too bad of a condition or I lived in another state or my minimum was too small or sometimes the interest rate was way too high. Like I didn't know oh, yeah. per se, but I did know an interest rate that was just too ridiculous to agree to. So sure, sure. I when I say I called maybe over thirty five banks, like over thirty five people that that all was getting I just kept getting turned away, turned away, turned away, turned away, turned away for different reasons. Um so I was just Something just said, well, call your credit union. You've been with them forever and ever and ever. And so I called them. I actually talked with the banker instead of doing the online process. Mm-hmm. And that was probably a good thing. Oh, know, I'm sure, more yeah. personable, more one-on-one. She was able to go into the system and say, oh, Janika, you know, you've been here since 2007. You've bought two cars with us. You never were late, not on one payment. Uh, you paid them off on time. Uh, you've never even taken a loan from us. We've offered you millions of loans over the years. Your credit score is over 800. What do you want to do? Like, you tell us what mm-hmm. you want us to do. It's kind of like one of those. So Great. after looking at 35 banks and just being so discouraged, this one kind of just happened. I should have just called them first tech. But I was doing what I thought. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to the real estate banks and doing what I thought I was supposed to do based off right. of, you know, the podcast that I listened to, sure. and the books and stuff like that. When, again, it brings that point home of there's so many different avenues to get capital, so many different avenues to get into real estate. But yeah, so I just went with my personal credit union. They gave me a loan, no collateral, nothing. They just basically went off of my personal history with them. So they funded 100% of the cost of the property and the rehab? No, 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 no. They wouldn't do that. (laughs) They wouldn't do that. They just gave me a loan, a personal loan. Oh, oh, personal loan. They had a really low uh, interest rate. Okay, okay. So basically, that's how I did it. And and in hindsight, I probably could have did it better, but I was just so burnt out after looking at all those banks in probably yeah, yeah. less than a month that this one seemed feasible. I had a good history with them. The interest rate was really low, uh, and I, it was there in two days as well. So cool. To answer cool. your question, um, that, no, I didn't go the rehab route, funding okay, the rehab. Okay. I didn't do that route because I kept getting turned away, but I should have did more research that's very interesting um yeah just a personal loan and paying for that way if you can get a decent um interest rate that's a very creative way um as you were doing that you're calling all these banks and i'm sure that's taking a a good amount of time are you paying what are you paying taxes like are you are you is this money out of your pocket for this property at this point um so it was money out of my pocket at that point it was back it was uh i had to pay two years worth of back taxes the taxes on the home were only 540 dollars a year okay okay um so not a lot i paid that to have the house from to stop it from going into auction remember Mm -hmm. when i first got Mm -hmm. it that was Mm -hmm. the first thing that i had to just pay and that was out of my own pocket okay to keep it so i guess technically it wasn't a dollar it was more like a dollar plus the back taxes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but even still, that's oh, yeah. a good, uh, oh, deal, you know? Yeah. And so uh, there okay, was nothing great. else to pay. So you have your, it's it's current, Um, you have your loan. Uh, I'll stop stopping you. Keep keep going with the deal. You're fine. I have my loan. I get my lady in there and I'm like, let's get started. We came up with a plan. She said, okay, if I start now, we'll work through the winter. 
the in, you know, before winter hits, we'll try to do as much as we can on the outside. When the winter hits, we'll do the inside. When spring comes back around, we'll finish it up, and then we'll try to have the house done by tax season. That was the goal. So to have it up and ready and rentable by tax season, because you know, it's mm-hmm. tax season, people have extra money. They're you know, when they're they're more lean yeah. on moving and stuff like that. So that was our plan. So we started renovations end of October ish, early November. Come around, house is looking good. We went through a whole lot of bumps, mind you. I'm a long distance. I'm a long distance away from the home, so I can't just be there physical sure. and see, you know. So I've learned a lot there. Uh, my biggest tip is be there, especially if it's your first deal. <laughs> be there. Be to where you can touch it. You can right, pop right. up on them, and you can, you know, be more have more oversight of your investment. And so that has been horrible to say the least, because I'm not yeah. there. And so that sucks. But yeah, anyway, so we're, we're almost done. And then, you know, Oklahoma had some tornadoes uh, not too long ago. Oh, yeah, I remember those. That's right. So house is almost done. I'm out of money, Brandon. I'm out of money. House is done. I said, thank you, Jesus. We're almost done because I'm out of money. <laughs> the roof gets ruined from a tornado. Holy moly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> this is just this is just last month. So, yeah, Brandon, it's been horrible. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so it, I mean, the, I guess I don't really even know through the rehab process when you, did you, was it insured? That I didn't, I didn't insure it and I should okay. have, I didn't know. And these okay. are things that you learn along the way. You can uh, insure it as you're rehabbing it, I guess. Have you found that you know. can do that? Okay. I don't okay. know. I haven't found that I have, but I should have. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure so, you can because or else for situations just like that. Wow, that's really unfortunate. So it was it was ruined. It's not like shingles are missing, like the roof is ruined. Yeah, not just okay. shingles. Roof missing. We had just laid brand new carpet. Uh water ru- carpets ruined. Uh it was bad. It was pretty bad. Wow. So I have okay. Yeah. And so I said, Okay, back to the drawing board, Janika, what do you do? And then at that point, Brandon, which was just last month, I said, Well, I can't quit. You know, I don't have it. That's not an yeah. option not an option to quit. And, and, you know, another common denominator that I found after listening to, again, many podcasts, talking to many real estate investors and reading many uh, real estate books is they all say that your first deal is more than likely your worst deal. And um, <laughs> I just can't wait. I just can't wait till 10 years down the line. And I can say, yep, First deal was the worst deal, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm in it right now, so I don't feel that way. Sure. But I'm being hopeful. So I replaced the roof last month, and this month we are fixing all the stuff that the water did damage. And the house should be ready next month. Cross your finger. That oh, I'm awesome. Next like, month. I'm in the okay. storm. Yeah, like I'm in the deal right now. First cool. deal. Okay. Jumping over all the hurdles figuring out all the stuff, title issues. I know so much about title issues. I know so much about contractors. I've learned so much from this wow. experience to be on the wow. positive side. Yeah, that's amazing. You um, So how, how did you, uh, like, you said you were just about out of money. Like, how did you get the money to do all the work again, pretty much? Well, not all of it, but that, the roof and the carpet. and. Well, that, uh, I remember, go back and rewind. I've always had really good credit, over 800, like in the 820s. So getting that first loan didn't really hurt me. Um, And so then I have credit cards, but I don't use them. I have them just for the sake 
of, okay. yep. of having them. I have a small revolving, you know, balance. Like I, my Netflix is on one of my credit cards and I pay it off just so that I can keep it open and, and right. help their credit. So at this point I was like, I'm so close. I don't want to go apply for another loan. Mm-hmm. And so I just put the roof and those damages on my credit card. Okay. Okay. So that sucks too. I, I don't think I've ever had more than like three thousand, four thousand dollars worth of credit card debt. Now I'm like yeah. thousands of dollars of right, credit card right. debt. That's scary. But, yeah. <laughs> no, but, I've heard that's a legitimate yeah. option. I've definitely heard of that where people are in a bind um, and they just put on the credit card because they are confident that they can get it off quickly. Uh, and I've also, yeah. and I've heard of people who um, I, I I have no idea how much of a legitimate strategy this is, so I can't recommend it or not. But I know people who fund their deals or I've heard of people that fund their deals on credit cards. Like that's how they do it. They revolve, they move things quick enough. They get it off their hands quick enough. They just put things on credit cards, which is crazy to me. Um, that's you, crazy to me too, yeah. but I've heard of that as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. So you did that. What is the, um, can you give me, if you don't mind some numbers, like as far as, uh, what you've put into it, what you, uh, are, uh, what you're going to want to list it for, like what you think the ARV is, what you're going to list it for. Okay. So that original loan that I took out on the house was, uh, and based off of what she told me that we could get it done under, it was mm-hmm. 45,000. Mind you. Okay. That. Okay. The house is in the area. I had the realtor that originally put the house on the sale before we did anything to it. Uh, the house is in the area. We're going for about 50, uh, 50 minutes at the lowest was 50, 50 to 60 is what the houses in that area were going for. Okay. So I figured if I put 45 into the house and I got it for a dollar for nothing, because remember the house was in bad condition. I still was in kind of a safe place, you know, there. So I put, took out a 45 put 45 into the house. That was before the roof, mind you. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's where I was at. I was thinking I'd be safe putting 45 in. And if I could sell it for 50 to 60 or even keep it at that point, I didn't know what the after sure, plan sure. was, but I knew what the aftermarket value could be. So since I knew what the aftermarket value could be, I didn't want to go over that. I didn't want to put 50 right. into it or 60 into it, knowing that it would only go for 50 somewhere in between 50 or 60. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I was a little safe there in my mind, but mind you, I'm new to this. So, sure. um, and then the roof happened and then the damage happened. So all that together, uh, this will be the roof. Uh, there was a fixing, like in the part of the roof that he got hit the worst was like the back of the house. And he kind of like did some wall damage and then some carpet area. And then the other side, anyway, so the carpet, the wall, fixing the damage, uh, fixing the roof, and all that came up to 11000 Okay, okay. So that puts me over what the house could potentially even be worth. Sure. Right? And so that's where I'm at now. And so now okay. I don't know if selling it right now would even be a feasible option because I don't want to sell it for something. And I still owe, you know, I'm, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. in the hole for what the house is worth. So mm-hmm. now I'm thinking, well, maybe this can be one of my one of my babies, one of my forever investment properties and, you know, don't sell it, just rent it out. Um, I'm thinking about getting it section eight approved. Um, I've been researching that 50% of the people are for section eight, 50% of the people, you know, are not (laughs) for section eight. So I'm doing my research on that as we speak to see which is a more feasible option for me. But as of right now, since I've put more money into the house than the money is worth, than the house is worth, I don't think selling it 
would be my best option right now. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. I said, Brandon, I'm in it. Like I'm I'm in it right now. So yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Is the market in that area in Tulsa? Is it um? Is it moving up? Is it trending down? Um. What's it like there? It, well, according to my realtor, she thinks I should sit on it. I should sit on okay. the house because it could possibly be trending up. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I just, what's today? Sunday? Just a couple of days ago, the news, the Tulsa News uh, released, uh, I don't want to, I don't know, I'm going to say this incorrectly, but kind of like a, a bill. They're trying to like pass a bill or trying to vote on some kind of bill to where there's this section of Tulsa that they want to buy out all the real estate to build something there. Right. Okay. And my, and my house is in that section. Oh, interesting. So I need to look into that. I know a lot of people in the area were against that because people who have been in the neighborhood for years, own their homes for years, they don't want to give up their home uh, for whatever kind of project they're trying to do. I'm not sure what it is. But to me, I'm just like, hey, that could yeah, be hey. A, a, that could be a good thing for me, you know. Right, so right. So that's something that could be on the table. If you, uh, anyway, if you, my, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, but to answer your original question, the realtor says she thinks I should sit on it because the market should be trending up. Okay. Okay. Soon versus where it is now. Okay, and then if you did hold on to it, would you be made whole? Would you would you be able to from the rent be able to pay off um, your loans every month? Okay, so that is why I wanted to go the Section Eight route. If I went mm. the Section Eight route, I've had I've spoken with Section Eight. Um, if I went that route, the rent that I could possibly get for the house would be nine hundred dollars. And that would pay my loan. I wouldn't give me much money like to have left over. I still will be out of pocket just a little bit because like okay. after you add, you know, insurance and, sure. you know, putting putting money aside for emergencies mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that you're supposed to keep out of right, what right. you get. I may be out of a pocket, maybe like $150 a month, but in general, it would pay my loan. Okay. Okay. It just wouldn't pay enough for insurance, emergencies, uh, those kinds of things. Yeah. Which you're supposed to factor into what rent you're getting back. Yeah. And I imagine I am no sort of authority, but I imagine that if you talk to any seasoned investor, they would tell you to do that, to set stuff aside. Like if you're going to hold on to it, don't, because I think some people probably do that. They just cut in, they need more cash every month. So they just cut into those, those amounts and then something else happens and they don't have the funds stored to handle it. So good. good. Yeah. Good thinking there. Yeah. Yeah. So technically I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be getting enough rent to do both to pay my loan and to put money aside for emergencies and pay insurance and do all those things. So. Interesting. That's an interesting, that's an interesting twist of, uh, it's an interesting development that the city might be trying to buy out the area. Cause I'm imagining um, if, if whoever, I don't know if she said, sorry, city or private, if they're coming in to try to buy up the area, if values do raise because people start, you know, putting their foot down and they're like, eh, if you want my house, you got to pay 20% over market value. Like, you know, I wonder if that will start happening. Exactly. That's, that's, that's on the table and that's a new mm. development. That's a new finding. So I'm going to be looking into that as well. And so 
Yeah, I'm very interesting. Well, let me just encourage you, Janika. I think that hearing you say those things. So um, uh, for our listeners, all I I had reached out to Janika or maybe yeah, I've reached out on bigger pockets and just said, hey, I have a podcast. If you guys would like to be part of it, Janika had reached out to me and said, hey, I have this crazy deal um, that I'm right in the middle of if you want me to talk about it. And I said she gave me a little snippet and I was like, yes, please come on and talk about that. And um, and so to hear you but I had no, I had no idea. Um, and I wonder even if we were first in touch, Janika, if, if that roof had happened yet, I don't know, but, no, um, it had okay. Not happened okay. Yet. Okay. So, you know, you, I had no idea it for through like me and you going back and forth on email to set up the call. You just, it seemed so positive and I would have never known. And then even at the beginning of the call, as we were talking, I would have never known that um, that had so much had gone wrong with it and you've had so much trouble with it. Um, and yet you really are. I mean, let me just encourage you. That is an incredible, um, trait and thing to be able to do. And I think will serve you very well and help you go far and accomplish your real estate goals. If you can have the roof torn off of your first uh, investment and for you to say, <laughs> and you know what, I, I bared down, I doubled down and I said, how else can I make this work? How can I make this positive? Um, that's an incredible thing. And you should really be encouraged by that. Cause that's, that's, pretty that's pretty cool i think a lot of people would um would have uh been had a much more negative outlook on it and just said just get this off my hands and i'm gonna do something else with my time but yeah. that's awesome well thank you thank you yeah. so much i'm trying to stay positive i know sure. this is what i want to do um and i do want to say to all those guys out there that one of the things that is keeping me positive and one of the things that you know is keeping me you know going on this is a lot of the books that i read even if they're not real estate invest you know related but again, one of the common denominators is that almost all successful or wealthy individuals have their hand, foot, or whatever you want to call it, uh, in real estate, you know? Mm -hmm. So if mm -hmm. my ultimate goal is to be financially free, you know, if my ultimate goal is to be a millionaire or billionaire or whatever your goal is, or mm -hmm. to travel the world without, you know, a lot of people have different goals, travel the world, you know, with no worries, whatever your goal is. Real estate is one of those vehicles. Real estate is one of those mm -hmm. avenues that you kind of have to have under your belt to be that, you know, yeah, yeah. Almost, just think about name any rich person, any wealthy person, any person that travels the world for a living. They probably nine times out of 10 have their hand or foot in real estate. So that's another thing that's keeping me going. Like keep going, Janika, this will, this will pay off. Keep going. You know where you want to get, you know what your goals are, you know what the end game is. And real estate is is one of the ways it's going to get you there. So yeah, and I I think that's a great perspective to have, Janika. I think that um <clears throat> you know it's it's real estate's interesting for a lot of reasons, but one of the ways it's really interesting is you can make your wealth uh, in real estate, and you can also keep and shelter your wealth uh, that you've made elsewhere in real estate. So I think that's why you see so many people. Um, at wealthy people with with um, their hand in real estate because they uh, have built their wealth either through real estate or other means. And by the time they're wealthy, they think, how do I shelter this? How do I protect it? How do I create uh, opportunities for generational wealth to be able to hand it on to my children? How can I protect it from tax? Um, and real estate is like a really solid answer to a lot of those questions. And so whether you build your wealth through real estate or you um, find financial freedom through other means, it's important to know the game of real estate because by the time you have your money, it's important that you know what to do with it. And real estate's a really viable option. So I think that's a good point. 
Exactly. And that's what's keeping me positive and that's what's mm-hmm. keeping me going. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> have you gone to, um, uh, so uh, I'm in central Florida and we have a real estate association here. It's actually pretty big. I think it's one of the larger ones uh, in the country, but we, they do a, um, like a deal of the month. Somebody stands up, they talk about it and I, I've never st- stood up and, and done it, but I've seen people do it. And I know that uh, people will offer advice and they'll reach out. Have you ever done anything like that? Gone to a, an association and said, guys, here's my deal. If anybody has been through something like this or knows uh, feedback would be awesome or how are you how are you I guess my broader question is how are you reaching out or saying like guys who uh, guys and girls who have done this before and know more than me can you help yes no so to answer your original question no I've never went to like okay. a conference or an association and said hey guys here's my deal I need help yeah um, other avenues that I have used though um, bigger pockets where we yep, both that's met. A good one. I, I post on there saying hey guys what do you think about this what do you think about that mm-hmm. I do post there Again, my, my original friend that got me on the real estate bug, Christian Montavo, she's so sweet and she's such a beast. Um, I call her, I reach out to her. Awesome. Um, awesome. And then both of, our, both, of, both of us have a mutual friend who has a podcast. His name is Jacob Ayers. Um, I reach out to him. So basically, I reach out to my close friends that are in real estate when I have the big questions. Um, but mostly, I'm more of like a, let me go read this book and see what I can find out. Uh, let me go listen to this you know whatever youtube video or let me go do this and see how i can learn myself and i probably shouldn't be that way i should probably reach out more but (laughs) um so to answer your question i just reach out to close friends that i know in real estate post on bigger pockets or just go read and try to find the answer somewhere because there's so much information out there and you can kind of find the answer to anything if you just go go look Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Really, you do just need um, a couple people that have been in the world for a little bit and have, because, you know, the thir- three degrees of separation, they're going to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. So yeah, staying plugged into those really close resources, I can imagine is really important as you get through this. Um, well, that's amazing, Janika. I need to have you back on once you've uh, sold it or decided to hold and it's done being rehabbed. You need to come back on because that's just fascinating. Definitely. You know, I'm looking yeah. forward to that because I want to know where it's going to go. I want to know myself <laughs> what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I want to come yeah. back. I want to re-listen to this uh, interview and then be able to say, okay, let's tell That's the right. story. I, That's I can't right. wait. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know what? I usually ask a question that says, um, if you could go back to when you started in real estate and give you give that version of yourself, the starting version of yourself uh, advice, what would it be? I'm going to hold off on that question and ask you that um, once this deal is done. And I can say, what okay it's all buttoned up however you decide to move forward with it and what your exit strategy is and then say what would you have changed at the beginning of it because I, I imagine that the, the answer could just go in too many directions oh, right yeah. now oh yeah yeah that'd be that's a good idea let's hold that yeah, yeah. Until, until this deal is wrapped up yep yep <laughs> that makes sense um well, Janika, this is uh, just fascinating, and I really appreciate you shedding some light. I think it's um, really good for for listeners to hear. So often, man, in real estate, you hear from the people who have been so successful, and often they they forget those early deals. Some don't, but often they forget the early deals, or they just like to talk about how successful they are at this point. Um, and it's hard to relate to that. It's hard to relate to uh, like 
dude, when you started, you didn't know what the heck you were doing. Like, don't you remember that? Cause that's where I'm at. And like, I'd like to know yeah. that people don't have it all together. So it's really refreshing to hear voices like yours that say, um, no, I don't know what I'm doing. And wow, there's been a lot that have got, has gone wrong, but you know what I'm doing, I'm still doing. Um, and I've connected myself to people who know what they're doing and can help me. Um, and that's just great. I think that's exactly how people need to start. I'm so sorry that some of the negative things have happened, but, uh, with your attitude and and the people you've connected yourself with, I know you're going to be successful. It'll be just fine. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you're right. That is, I don't, you don't hear that. I live all the yeah. podcasts that I listen to. It's only people who are already successful. Yep. Yeah. And so your spin on it is just wonderful. I love that yeah. you're looking for people that are in it, that are newbies, that are starting, yep. and their experience is really fresh. On yeah, really mind. different. I, That's right. Yeah. My roof That's from right. last month. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. thank you so much, Brandon. Thank you, Janika. Um, we'll have you back on, okay? Does that sound good? Sounds great. Okay, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.